excited to, to kick off a brand new series today called Nothing New. And so if you got some notes, why don't you go ahead and just pull those out there right where you are. I want to jump right into today's message. Come on, wave some notes at me. Let me see if you got some notes today. Good. All right. So we're going to dive in right into this topic of nothing new. We'll be doing this for the next couple of weeks. Um, and then I, we have a real special treat for, for you at the end of this month. Uh, the last Sunday of March, we are having Pastor Matt and Becky Murray with us at the end of this month. And so if you've never, never ha- heard them or seen them, they oversee um, an orphanage in Kenya called One by One, and they, they actually do a lot of stuff actually internationally, um, as well as have a church in England. And, and so they're going to be joining us for the end of the month. Pastor Villem's going to be in the house in a couple of weeks as well. Um, just got a lot of great things coming. And then, of course, we're gearing right up towards Egg Drop and Easter and all that stuff. Come on, how many know we got some great things coming our way? And so today we are in this series called Nothing New, though. And uh, if you got your notes, you can jump in there. If you got the, the version or Bible app, you can, you can pull up the events page and find these notes right here on it as well. And so we're going to jump into Ecclesiastes chapter 1, which is the premise of this whole uh, series is built out of Ecclesiastes chapter 1. And this is how it says, what has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done. And there is, everybody say those two words with me, there is there's nothing new under the sun. This is the wisest man next to Jesus in all of Scripture that we know of. His name is uh, Solomon, and he wrote this thing of that there is nothing new under the sun, that you and I are going to go through life, and the truth is that what we're going through right now, uh, even though maybe technology has changed and some things have changed in, in how we interact with one another, I mean, we still deal with the same issues that Jesus did with his days, that the Bible did in those days. And so what we're going to do is we're actually going to invite uh, some people from Scripture to come in and speak to questions and things that we're going through in our days. And you're going to realize that there's really nothing new. What we deal with is what they dealt with. How many of you have ever thought about the idea of, man, what would it be like to invite someone who's died to come and if, if God could have one prayer to bring them back to life, to sit down with you for, for coffee. Um, yesterday was March 9th. March 9th, 1995 was the day my grandfather passed away of a massive heart attack in a bank bathroom. Um, it was a traumatic day for our family. I remember getting the phone call. Um, that our, my, actually, our family getting the phone call. It was just one of those days. I was 13 years old. And, uh, and I think about this often of, I just wish that my grandfather was here. I wish I could sit down with my grandfather and have conversations. My grandfather was such a wise businessman. He was such a godly man. Um, he had so much wisdom on him and I only really knew him for 13 years, but I, I wish if I could ask God to just have a one sit down meeting with him to just just share life and share about his grandsons and share about over everything else and, and learn from him. That's kind of what we're going to do in this series is we're going to invite some, some people from the Bible to just kind of sit down with us at, at, at a dinner table or at a coffee table and, and, and let them speak into the questions that we have. Today's question that we're going to ask is what do we do when life doesn't make sense? Um, we're going to be answering the question of what do we do when we've made a lot of mistakes? What do we do when um, we feel overwhelmed and stressed? How many know we're not the only ones who felt stress? How many know some people in the Bible felt some stress? And so we're going to invite them. And yet again, remember, nothing's new. 
And so they, they can speak to us in regards to what's going on as well. And so today, we're actually going to look at a guy by the name of Isaiah. He's probably one of the most famous prophets in all of the Old Testament. He was 800 years before Jesus. Um, he actually had an encounter where he saw Jesus. He prophesied of Jesus' crucifixion in detail of what was going to happen with Jesus and, and on the cross, and, and you'll see even some of that in, in some of what I'm going to share today. Um, but he had the amazing ability to see things. Prophets, another word for a prophet is a seer, a seer, because they could see things that normal people really couldn't see. And, and so today, I, we wanna, we're going we're gonna to invite Isaiah to the table, and we're going to let him speak to us about what he's learned, about what does it mean, and what do you do when life doesn't make sense? How many know when life doesn't make sense, we got a lot of questions? Got a lot of questions. When everything around you seems um, like, I don't know why I'm going through this. Uh, maybe it's tragedy. Maybe it's just things that have happened in your life. But we ask a lot of questions. And, and I'm, I'm always, I'm a question asker. Well, y'all found that out last week. Okay. Um, I, I like to ask questions. I'm always thinking through things. And uh, it, it got me thinking about a lot of things um, and just really deep theological questions. Like, why is the number two pencil the most popular pencil and yet it's the number two? <laughs> it should be called the number one. I just think, I think it should. Why do, they, why do they sing take me out to the ball game and they're at the ball game? I don't, I don't know. Okay, these are just deep, these are deep questions that, that I wonder through. Why do they call it lipstick and said, after you put it on, your lips still move? I don't, anyways, okay, so. <laughs> anyways, I'm walk, processing through this. Watch what Isaiah says. Isaiah says this in uh, Isaiah 30, verse 21. He says this, whether you turn to the right or you turn to the left, I love this. So no matter where you are in your journey right now, no matter if you've maybe made some good decisions in life, you made some bad decisions in life, your ears are going to hear a voice behind you saying that this is the way. Walk in it. So my prayer today for this message is this right here, that when life doesn't make sense, when you're not quite sure, do we, do we go this way? Do we go this way? What do we do? That I just want you to hear God's voice today. And God gives clear definition in the, in, in the moments of, of what do I do that God speaks. And so I want you to write this down. If you're taking some notes, I want you to write this idea down. When life doesn't make sense, an encounter with God changes everything. When life doesn't make sense, an encounter with God changes anything. If there's anything that the prophet Isaiah can tell us is that when you encounter God, it, it just changes everything. Now, um, I'm glad you're here, and I'm really excited you're here. I, I just want you to know the goal of our church is not for you to become a member of our Savior's church. That is not our goal. Our goal is that you get close to God. That's our goal. Our goal is that you would just move closer and closer to the Lord. And, and we want to help you on that journey, but our ultimate goal is that you would have an encounter with God. Every single Sunday, when we pray for these services, the one thing that we're praying for is that every person that walks into these doors would have an encounter with God. Not that they wouldn't be impressed with our worship team or be impressed with the preaching or be impressed with anything else outside of, I don't know what it was, but there was something that happened there and I want more of it. That's what we want to hear more and more. And most people want to go to church just to be able to check it off their list. Come on, how many know? What if we went to church because we want to have an encounter with the God of this universe? 
And that is our prayer more than anything as a church is that we would move you more and more. And the truth is we all have this longing for that. We all have a desire for that. We all want to know God at this level. And so if Isaiah could speak to us today and share some life stories and some life lessons, here's, here's a couple things if you want to write this first one down, is that our greatest pain can be a catalyst for our greatest gain. Our greatest pain can be our catalyst for our greatest gain. And I'm going to tell you right now, God speaks the loudest when things are the darkest. God speaks the loudest when life hurts the most. God is speaking. He's always speaking, by the way, but he is speaking even more. I think we're just more attuned to him. You know, you know right now that n there's nothing that awakens you to the reality of a spiritual world more than tragedy. So this afternoon, I, I will have the privilege of doing a, a funeral service for a boy here in town that was 14 years old that tragically got killed in a car accident. And over the last couple of days, I've been sitting with the family, and can you imagine how many questions they have? A lot of questions that, that I don't even have the answer to. But can you think about this? When they were in the emergency room last Sunday, I, I, I got out of church last Sunday, I got home I'm eating, I'm eating some, some lunch, and I, I get a text message from a guy who says, can you call me right now? And I, I picked up the phone, and I called him, and he said, hey, do you know this family? They, they go to y'all's church. I said, yes, I know them well. He said, their son got in an accident. This is what's going on. They've asked if you can come to the hospital. I said, absolutely. So called one of our elders, and we took off over there and uh, walked right into the ICU room with this 14-year-old boy. And uh, my heart was, was so moved because I have a 14-year-old and so moved for this family. But it's amazing how when tragedy strikes, guess who you call? Like, let's pray. And come on, we, come on, we all prayed. We did. And, um, and he went on to be with Jesus. And today we'll, we'll do a funeral and a celebration of his life. But it's amazing that a funeral awakens us to the reality that there's something more than this life. Are y'all with me? Yes. That, that in the greatest pain, it can be the catalyst for the greatest gain. But here's what I found most of the time, is that people often in their greatest pain do not run to God, they run from him. They blame him. They say, how could God? Where was God? And those are legitimate questions. Actually, when Lazarus died, Lazarus' sisters came to Jesus when he walked up on the scene four days later. And here's what they said. If you would have been here, and I think all of us legitimately have that question. Does anybody else here ever had that question? God, why? And if you would have, why didn't you? You should have. And yet not realizing, listen to me, we serve a God who sees things beyond what we see, has thoughts higher than our thoughts, and can do things that we can't do. And listen, this is what I've learned in my own life, walking through my own tragedies and walking with people through tragedy. I don't have to have all the answers when I serve a God who does. When I serve a God who does. And so here today, I want you to hear me, even if it's been pain that, has been, that you didn't ask for, or if it's been pain you created, I'm here to tell you, when you go through pain, run to Jesus. Don't run from him. Run to him. Run to him. Run to him. Run to him. Because God never wastes pain. Amen? Amen? And even in the midst of this, watch how Isaiah says it this way. Watch. They're in the middle 
of a funeral as well. It says, in that year, King Uzziah died. So one of the great kings of that time had died. And in the middle of a funeral, in the middle of, of a death of someone who was a leader in that nation, watch, it says, I saw the Lord. That it's amazing how we see God in the worst moments. It says, I saw the Lord, and he was high and exalted, and he was seated on a throne. And the train of his robe filled the temple above him was, were seraphims and angels, and they were calling to one another, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. This is an incredible verse. It says, at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. That in your lowest moment, you can experience God. The Bible says in Psalms 23 that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You're with me. Second thing I think Isaiah would tell us is not only is our greatest pain a catalyst for our greatest gain, but number two, when we see God clearly, we see ourselves clearly. When you see God clearly, you see yourself clearly. Watch what he says in the next verse. He says it this way, Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. When he encounters God for all who he is, think about this, now he sees himself for who he is. And he says, I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. You know, part of us understanding that when life doesn't make sense, maybe some of the things that God is trying to do is he's, he's trying to help you see God clearly so you can see yourself clearly. And I think one of the reasons why we are stuck, one of the reasons why we are not really experiencing God like we should be experiencing God is because we're not letting God get to the deepest parts of our life. So yesterday, uh, we do a, a weekly men's gathering. It's a men's life group every Saturday morning at Java Jolts. So um, we, we're finishing up, we're wrapping up, and I'm talking with a guy, and, and I see a guy sitting there at the table, and, and I can tell that he probably wants to talk to me. So I finish up this conversation with a guy, and the guy's like, hey, I really need to talk to you. I sit down with him, and we're having a conversation, and this is what he says. It's taken me six months to have this conversation with you. Now, when you start off a conversation like that, how many know you're like, okay, what's about to come down? <laughs> and then he just got real. Just started sharing about his life and his marriage and just, just where he is. And I thought, man, I think so much more of you now. I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful that you shared this stuff because, you know, we're here. We want, we want to walk with you. And, and, and here's what the final of the conversation was. I just need help. I just, I, I just, I just need help. And this is what God is, I'm telling you, I, 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 he was stuck for six months because he could not say these words. I need help. How many of us are stuck in our relationships, stuck in our marriages, stuck in our, our, our relationships spiritual with God, stuck in maybe our jobs, stuck in just places because we are not willing to say, I need help. Listen to me closely. God never demands perfection, but he does demand honesty. I'm going to say that again. God never demands perfection, but he does demand honesty. And God is calling us to come to a place where we can be around people. How many of you in freedom right now? How many freedom people do I got right now? We got a bunch. Yeah, come on now. Hey, can I, can I, 
Can I encourage you with something in freedom? Uh, Lindsay and I are doing a freedom group as well. We, we're, we're, and man, I'm loving the group that we're a part of. And I'm loving seeing some of our men just begin to share things of what God's going on. And, you know, most men are like, ah, you know, I got it together. You know, you go around, and man, how are you doing? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. You're like, liar, 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 liar. <laughs> I know you, I know you. But really, I mean, our men are, are not. They're, they're very honest about where they are and what's going on. Can I just tell you this? Life groups were designed to be a place where you can take the mask off and reveal who you are. And you know who you, how you know you are revealing who you really are? It's because you're not scared of judgment. You are really you when you're in a place where you're not scared of judgment. If you're scared of judgment, you're never going to reveal the full you because you're scared of what people will think about you. And so I'm telling you today, if you want to experience and encounter God like you never have, I want you more than anything to let God get down to the deepest parts of your heart. Listen, God wants to get down to the deepest parts of your heart, not to reveal it, but to heal it. Amen? So let me give you this third one here, and that is that God removes our past so he can redeem our future. God removes our past so that he can redeem our future. You're not headed towards your future because many of us are stuck in our past. And let me, I just wrote this down as just a, as, as I'm processing through this thought, here's the thought. And, and most people don't want to let go of their past. Most people don't want to, like, oh, I just, I don't want to deal with that. And they don't realize they get stuck in it because they think God just wants to talk about your past. So I wrote this down. God doesn't want to talk about your past. He wants to settle your past. God doesn't want to talk about your past. He wants to settle your past. And most people are even scared about going to church. Like, man, I don't want to go to church. Man, I don't want to have to dig up all that stuff. Man, I don't want to do freedom. I don't want to have to dig up all that stuff. No, 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 listen. No, don't be scared of those things. God wants to remove those things. God wants to settle those things. God wants to heal those things. Come on. I mean, that's why we, when we talk about really coming into a church experience, we want you to have a life-giving experience. We don't want you to be like, man, I don't want to go to church, man. They're just going to talk about all my past, man. If I wanted to, if I wanted to talk about all my mistakes, I'd go talk to my mama, you know, so... <laughs> Uh, they don't want that. Come on. How many know church should be a place you enjoy, not a place you endure? It should be a place that God calls you to the greater things. But yes, we do have to allow God to remove and redeem the brokenness of where we've walked from. That's why Isaiah says it this way. Watch what Isaiah says. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. Now, this is huge. The altar represents the, the place of sacrifice, the place where, where people made um, you know, repentance to the Lord and made things right with the Lord. And this is what, really what he's saying. And in the New Testament, the altar is the cross. Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice, and he was on the cross. And it says, with it, he touched my mouth. And he said, see, this has touched your lips. Now watch this. The one thing that, that when he saw God clearly, he saw himself clearly. He said, I'm a man of unclean what? I'm a man of unclean lips. Now watch this. God flips it now and says, yes, that is true. But watch, I'm going to touch your, the place that's unclean, and then your guilt's going to be taken away, and your sins are going to be atoned for. Come on, how many know that's good news? It's good news. So I want you to hear me closely. The devil can't speak to your future because he doesn't know it. But God's not going to speak to your past because he's forgotten it. Somebody needs to hear that today. The devil's not going to speak to your future. He don't know it. 
But God is, going, is not, is not going to speak to your past because how many know he's forgiven it? As far as the east is from the west, he has cast that out. When we, when we say, God, forgive me, God, cleanse me, God, come on, how many know he just takes it? He takes it. He doesn't, he doesn't allow us to live there. And then he goes on and he says the next thing. He says, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I love this. Here am I. Send me. How many know when you've had an encounter with God and God has forgiven you and God's healed your past and God's taken the worst parts of your life and he's healed and he's redeemed? How many know now you're like, God, what do you want me to do? God, what, put me on mission now. How many know following God is not something he forces you to do. It's something he invites you to do. God never forces you to have a relationship with him. He invites you to have a relationship with him. And you're, you're never going to experience God until you get beyond yourself and go, God, what do you want? God, I, I want to go all in. So let me give you these, these encouraging words that I believe that Isaiah would say to us. If we were sitting down with him with coffee, let me, let me give you the first one. I, th- I think he would say, God wants to reveal more of himself to you. God wants to reveal more of himself to you. How many want more of God than you got right now? More of God, more of God, more of God, more of God. Can I, can I speak to those in here that have been in church for a long, how many of you have been saved for longer than five years? Raise your hand. If you've been saved for longer than five years, good. Okay, there's a number of you. Can I just challenge you with this? Be careful not to settle. Be careful not to settle. People who have been in church for a long time and have followed Jesus for a long time can treat what is amazing as common. They can treat God as common. They can treat things as common. And we can, just like any other religion, make Sundays a ritual, make Sundays a habit. Let me see my foreign songs. Let me go listen to the message. Let me take a couple notes. Then let's go hit Golden, you know, some, some kind of restaurant. I don't know. Let's get out of here. Let's, and we can get into this habit where we just do the same thing over and over and over again. How many know God wants more for you? God wants to reveal more of himself to you. And listen, if you're not careful, you can can get content. And here's what I know about God. He will let you settle on whatever level you settle for. That's why some of you look in here and, and, and you go, man, why am I stuck? Why am I just where I am? Because God has let you settle where you have settled. But how many know God's got more for you? God's got so much more for you. He's got so much more for me. I, this is what Isaiah said. Isaiah said it this way. Isaiah 55, 6. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. Notice it's something active that we do. We seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will seek me and you will, what? You will find me. And when you seek me with all of your So you will find me. But the only way you're going to find me, if you do it with all you got, so, so here's the key. I have a key for, for every one of these. Here's, here's the key. Here's, here's the takeaway. You got to go all in. You got to go all in. How many of you remember um, learning how to swim? How many of y'all remember those days, learning how to swim? So my family, you know, my grandmother had a pool. All growing up, my grandmother had a pool. So, you know, all of our grandkids, we were all fish. We all just, that's what we did. We just swam all summer. And, and for us, the way that, that we learned how to swim was probably much different than some, you know, some people now, you know, it's now it's like you got to bring them to swim lessons and they're holding the side and they're kicking, you know, kicking the side. You're doing so good, little Billy. So good. So good. You know what my parents did? We'll pull you up when the bubbles stop. No, it's like, 
Like literally, at two years old, I mean, my, my, my family would just throw us in. And then like, it's sink or swim. Like you're meeting Jesus or you're gonna live to your three. I don't know, whichever one. It's just gonna happen. You're gonna figure out. You're gonna figure this thing out. So of course, you know, you can't breathe. You're gonna, you're gonna swim. You're gonna figure out a way. You're gonna make it happen. You're gonna, you're gonna swim. And so, you know, when I had kids, I couldn't wait. <laughs> All that pent up stuff of issues that I dealt with. My parents baptized me the wrong way. I, I said, this is time. And so my, my, my oldest Josiah was fearless. I mean, like literally fearless would, would run and just jump in. Like when he didn't know how to swim, I didn't even have to throw him in. Like he would throw himself in. And um, I mean, that's just how they were. And, and, and I think we all have this tendency that when we want to like get into things of God, it's like, can I just tap in the shallow end and hold, hold the things, you know? <laughs> and God's just like, blue, blue, shh. Like, go all in. Like, when, when Jesus called his disciples, he didn't say, hey, guys, listen, I know you're busy. I know you got a lot of work. I know a lot of things are going on. Hey, that's, you know what? Call me on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We'll hang out. He says, no, no, no. Drop your nets and follow me. Leave it all. Come. Come follow me. Leave it all, on the, leave it all out there. Nothing you do in life is successful until you go all in. Nothing. You can apply that to your business. You can apply that to your marriage. You can apply that to your relationships. You can apply that to anything. Anything you do half-hearted, or there's another word for that, but I'm not going to use it because we're in church right now, that, that you're going to get half. Like, if you want all of God, if you want God to reveal himself more and more and more, you, you've got to go all in. And so, listen, I, I, I know that that, that that can be scary. Yes. It is, but it also can be the most exhilarating because you're just trusting the Lord. We just trust God and whatever we're going through. You know, and some of you, I mean, I know like, you know, depending on what background you come from, our church can be a little out there, especially like when it comes to worship. Like, what is going on here? Like, what, why is everybody, you know, has everybody got questions? I mean, everybody's raising their hands. What's going on here? Everybody's asking the worship team questions. I mean, what's going on? And, you're, and I understand. I mean, I, I hear that. I, I mean, I talk to new people all the time, and they're like, listen, I kind of understand the preaching. It's great. It's good. Worship, man, I'm trying to get my hand around. It's kind of new to me. I'm trying to, you know, and so I call them halftime because they come in after worship. It's like halftime people. And so, and I tell them, man, just, just come. Just read the words. Just experience what God, and, you know, and it's funny because you watch them over time because it's kind of like they're the, like the slow progressors. So, you know, they're, they're just like this the whole time. But over the weeks, they kind of like, they, keep, they give you one of these. It's like, they, it's like they're trying it out. You know what I mean? They're trying it. They're trying. As you can tell. They're trying. They want, they want to. But it's like, I don't want to go all in. You know, I don't want to go all in. So, you know, it's kind of one of those. And, and then you can just kind of tell because our hands are a reflection of our heart. And I can tell when God is doing things in their heart because their hands show it. So it, it, slowly, it slowly starts moving. You know, you go from holding the big TV to, you know, small fish to, you know, you all the <laughs> touchdown, you know, all that stuff. I, I, I just want to encourage you just to take just to take whatever God wants you to do and just go. Now listen, you never raise your hand. We could care less about that. 
I, I want God to change your heart. That's what I'm more concerned about. I care less about your hands. I want God to do something here. I want God to do something here. Anybody want more of God? Amen. Hey, listen, and we say this, and I say this all the time, and I'll never stop saying this. Go all in. Give us a year. Who has taken the one-year challenge? Who's done it in here? Okay. Give us a year. And I say this. Give us a year. Go all in. Show up every Sunday you can. Every Sunday you can, just show up. Go through next step. Get in a life group. Jump on a dream team. Just, just go. Just, here's my thing. Just say yes. Every time you used to say, no, 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 no. I'm just saying, just say yes. Just try it. Just try it. And at the end of the year, if your life is not radically different, you and I will both go find a new church. I believe so much in this that, that when you say yes and you go all in, you truly have an encounter with God. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You will not get all of God if you just show up on a Sunday. You're missing out on so much more that God has for you. And I love you. That's the only reason I'm, I'm telling you this. I would not ask you to do anything, one, that I'm not willing to do myself, and then two, that I know that doesn't work. I know it works. Because you know that this works in every other sphere of life. You want to be a, 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 a great basketball player, football player? You better go all in. You better put in the practices. You better do what you got to do. You want to be great in your business? You better go all in. You better put all the chips to the middle of the table. You better risk it all. Like, you understand that in every other area of life. But for some reason in our spiritual walk, we feel like we can just kind of tiptoe into the water. And then we wonder why this is all of God that we get. Let's go. Number two is that God wants to change you. God wants to change you. God loves you just the way that you are. But he loves you too much to let you stay that way. I'm going to say that one again. God loves you just the way that you are. So welcome home. You don't have to clean yourself up at all. You don't have to, you know, stop what you're doing. Here's what I know. If you just spend time with God, he'll change that. And God loves you too much to not let you stay that way. It's okay to not be okay. It's just not okay to stay there. So it's okay to walk in and go, it's not okay. That's okay. It's just not okay to stay at that place. You've got to come to a place where you get out of that. that, So Isaiah says it this way. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though our sins are like scarlet, they shall be as what? As white as snow. Though they are red as crimson. Watch this. Though they are as red as crimson. If you are willing and obedient. So it's got to be both. It's two legs to this thing. You can't just be willing. You've got to also be obedient. You're going to eat from the best in the land. This is Isaiah. This is what he's telling us. I love what, what Peter says. It. Peter says it this way. Watch. Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Like newborn babies. Y'all, y'all, y'all remember what it's like to be a newborn baby, to have a newborn baby? says, if you will cry out for this nourishment now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. Y'all remember when you were teaching your little kids how to walk? Y'all remember that? Like as babies, teaching them the, the process of walking. And, and you, you knew they were starting to get up to a place where they were somewhat strong enough to kind of finally hold themselves up. And then you remember like that, that first day of like seeing them take that first step, just like that first step. 
I mean, you celebrated like they just scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. I mean, it was just like, ah! Now, it was only one step. They fell down. But the next thing, they got up, and they took, they took two steps, and you're, yeah! And then they fell down. I can tell you what you didn't do. I guarantee you when they got down, you didn't kick them and be like, you are a loser. You should have taken three steps. That's only two. That's not good enough for this family. If you don't take three steps soon, you're out. You know, you don't do that. And yet, we think God does that with us when we fail. We think that God looks at us and only sees the failure. How many know he's celebrating the step? Hey, you took a step. Yeah, maybe you fell. That's all right. I expected you. You're a baby. I expect you to take that. But how many know you're going to grow and you're going to learn and God's just wanting you to just keep taking, keep taking, keep taking a step. I love what Proverbs says, a righteous man or a righteous woman falls seven times. But guess what? They get back up again. They get back up again. They get back up again. So wherever you are in your journey right now, maybe you just need to get back up again. And so the key to this, here's the key. The key is to take your next step. Just take the next step. Take it. So um, any of y'all ever gotten like stuck? Like stuck, stuck? So yesterday I was mowing my grass finally. I finally mowed my grass. Any, I, everybody was mowing their grass yesterday. It was like a mowing grass type of day. Anybody else mow their grass yesterday? I was mowing my grass. I hadn't mowed my grass in 2019. Yesterday was my first day. <laughs> This is no lie. This was no lie. I'm confessing right here. Every time I went to go mow my grass, it was always raining. So I finally mowed my grass. And, uh, and I'm mowing the backyard, and I'm running close to the fence line, and I'm noticing that my, my mower is going a lot slower than it normally was. And then eventually I notice I'm not moving at all, but yet I am pushing forward, realizing that there is, as I look behind me, I'm, it's mud. Like, what in the world? So I have two options, okay? Here's the two options that you can choose. I can just keep pushing, and I'm like, I'm going to get through this thing. But how many of you know, all you're going to do is spin your tires and sink lower, and it's only going to Or you can go, belt boys, belt boys, assemble, assemble, everybody. So they were all, we were all outside doing some yard work, and so I called all the boys together. I'm like, Josiah, get in the, get in the seat. And so, all right, I'm going to push. And, and so we were able to finally, thankful to CrossFit, Kim, I appreciate you. I was able to push the mower out. <laughs> I think it was all those squats I did this week. No, and so I, we, we pushed the mower out. Thankfully, we got it out. Uh, but we're like that in our spiritual journey. I mean, no, in your spiritual journey, there's times where you get stuck. And you can... I'm going to do this. That's what you look like, by the way. You're just not going anywhere. I got this. You sure? I can help you. No, I got this. I can help you. No, I got it. And it's like. Or you can say, help. Help. And in a moment like that, you could get out of something that the enemy's trying to get you to stay stuck in for a long time. Some of you are doing this, and you've been doing it for a long time, and you've said, I got this, I got this, I got this, I got this. And the problem is the people that were there to help you are not there anymore because you kept telling them you got this, and now you've stiff-armed them enough, they're not around you anymore, and now you're realizing you really did need them. And so I'm here to tell you, listen, God is calling you. If you want to get out the rut, come on, how many know you got to take a step, and you might need some people to help you with the step. Can I get a better amen in this church than I just got? Okay. 
So whatever that step is, maybe, maybe you're lost. Maybe you just need to take a step to say yes to Jesus. Maybe today is your first time in church. You know what your next step is? Come back next week. It's an easy step. Just come back. Maybe you've been here for a while and you've just kind of been sitting and just kind of taking it in and just receiving all this stuff. But maybe now it's time for you to actually go through next step. Two Sundays. Just take it. Just get in. Get on a dream team. Get in a life group. Just whatever your next step is. Everybody in here has got a step. I have a step. We just want to make sure that if we want more of God, if we want to encounter God, Isaiah is telling us, listen, you need to take that step. Let's do this together for willing and obedient. And let me give you number three, and then we're done. God has an assignment for you. God has an assignment for you. He's got an assignment for you. You, you know why God wants you to have an encounter with him? It's because you're a part of his plan. Like, there's no plan B, y'all. No plan B. Like, we are his plan. How is God going to win this world? You, me. How is God going to populate heaven? You and me. How is God going to make a difference around it? You and me. We are the plan. Why did God save you? Not for just you. He saved you for this. Watch. Isaiah says it this way. Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises on you. I love that. See, darkness covers the earth, and thickness, thick darkness is over people. How many would agree with that, that we live in a dark world? Dark times, dark places. And I love this, because he says, hey, listen, arise. Let's shine, people. Let's shine. Watch the next verse, he says, but the Lord, here it is, for the second time, the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you and nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. This is, this is what he's saying. Go back to the verse before. One of the first things that you've got to do is you've got to get up. Hey, that's a simple step, isn't it? Any of y'all had to do that to your kids this morning? Get up. Feels like six. Because it used to be. <laughs> but it's now seven. All right. Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. Hey, listen. God is calling us, OSC. Get up. Shine. Get up. Shine. Get up. I need somebody to throw a beat down. Shine. Get up. Anyways, okay. So, shine. Watch. And the reason why I think so many people are so miserable is because they just don't get up. You ever heard of those people that just stay in their homes? Get up. Get out. Get going. Get around people. Say help. We're here. You may say, man, well, I, what, what does that mean for me? Well, listen, come on, you know, the world needs people that are full of hope, full of life, full of Jesus, full of the light of Christ. Come on, how many know our dark world? Hey, listen, it doesn't take much to make a difference. Just shine. Just shine. Whatever God's doing in you, just shine. Come on, arise and shine, OSC. It's time. It's time for us. Which I'm going to end with this verse. This last verse says in Ephesians 2, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Well, why, why has God had encounters with us? So that you can do good things that he has planned 
for a long time. God has planned great things for you. Well, he don't know what all I did. Yes, he does. He don't know my past. Yes, he does. He knows. Come on, how I many know we know a God that knows your yesterdays, he knows your todays, and he knows your tomorrows. He's already planned and he's destined for them. He's got great things for you. Arise and shine. God's got great things for you and I to do. Come on, let's get to work. Let's get our past behind us so we can get to work. Some of you can't get to work because you're still staying in the past. Let God redeem the past, heal the past, let him do that because you've got a bright future in front of you and the enemy is using your past to keep you stuck. God wants to get you free of that so you can move into all that he has for you. So here's the last key, the last blank for all my note takers. (laughs) You gotta discover your purpose. Gotta discover your purpose. God is calling us to change the world. But you gotta discover what that is. So, okay, well, what does that mean? What do you mean discover my purpose? Well, how do I do that? Well, go to next step, that'll help you. That's a start, it's a start. But I'm gonna tell you uh, really how I've discovered what God called me to do. Ready? You just go do it. Like, you just get out there and do stuff. Like, you can't figure out what you're good at until you go try it. And then you get out there and you go do it and you're like, mm, nope, that's not me. I'm gonna go serving kids. Nope, nope, I'm not going to anymore. Nope, it's not me. I'm gonna be on the worship team. And then you're gonna go in on American Idol and then someone's gonna have to tell you, your mama lied to you, okay? Come on, have you been there before? Mama said, well, your daddy should have told you something. That's what just happened. <laughs> Here's what you know, when you start discovering your purpose because you get passionate about it, when you do it, you love it, when you do it, you're good at it. But hey, the verse that I started with said that when you take a left or a right, just know that there's gonna be a voice behind you that says, this is the way to go. Listen to me closely. God is assuming you're moving. Y'all know that, right? Like, it says, God is saying left or right, but he's assuming you're going. You can't steer a parked car. Like, you've got to get moving. If you want to know why life doesn't make sense, it might be because maybe you've allowed pain to push you away from God. It might be because you're not seeing God clearly. It might be because God has more for you, but you have settled. Say, God, I'm good here. I'm comfortable here. And God says, you don't know what you're missing out on. I have so much more for you. It might be because you're just unwilling to say, I need some help. Today, I pray that you would take off the mask. Find somebody. It it might not be someone in this room. It might be somebody else. But just invite them in. I had a guy after the 8 a.m. service. He he walked up to me and he said, you know that help thing? That's me. And then he told me, a guy that's in our church, he said, I'm going to go find him because I need to go share something. I said, good. Go do it. Because the only person you're holding back by not doing that 
is you. Is you. Is you. So Father, today, in this moment, God, we just invite you to come speak. You are a speaking God. God, you've given us the ability to hear from you. So God, today, we, we want to listen to what you're saying. I want to speak real quick to those that are in this room, and maybe you, you've known God for a, a long time. You've been saved, gone to church. You've done all the things that Christian people should do. But if you're being honest, you feel stuck. You just feel stuck. I want to pray specifically for you today that God would help you get unstuck. Maybe from pain, maybe from your past, maybe from your own guilt, your own decisions. But, but God today is going to come and he wants to lift you out of the muck and the mire and he wants to put you on your road. If you were here and you say, Pastor Josh, I, I recognize I've settled. And today I want, I want more of him. If that's you on the count of three, I just want you to shoot your hands up. One, two, three. If that's you all across this room. Come on, hands going up all over this room. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. This is just, we're just being honest before the Lord today. God, thank you. You can put your hands down. Now, Father, I pray, God, for every person that's in this room. God, that just raised their hand, just saying, you know, that's me. God, I, just, I just feel stuck. God, I thank you, Lord, that you lift us up out of the mire. You lift us up out of the things that the enemy wants to hold us trapped to. God, I thank you that we are victorious people. The Spirit of God lives inside of us. The glory of the Lord rises upon us. Today, I pray that you would remind every person, not only how much you love them, but the plan and the purposes that you have for them. And I speak right now to every lie of the enemy. Every lie of the enemy has to be cast down. The truth of your word, God, that these are your people. They're a chosen priesthood. They're a holy nation, God. They have potential and such power inside of them that comes from being connected to you. Today, God, I pray, Lord, that you would maybe even give them the boldness to just humbly admit to maybe somebody that loves them and can be there. Just, hey, I need, I need help. Or would you pray for me? God, I, today, would that be a, a day of freedom for them? And I pray, God, in this week that they hear your voice more than ever before. While we're still in an attitude of prayer, I want to ask you, for those that are in this room, maybe you haven't surrendered your life to the Lord. And your next step is really, honestly, just saying, God, I'm going all in for you. You've done the church thing, and I'm not telling you to join a church. I'm not telling you... Uh, to do Christian things. I'm, I'm telling you that you need a relationship with God and you know that you don't have one. The Bible makes it very simple and very clear. We call it the, the ABCs of Christianity. That we first admit that we are sinners. That, that we just have that, man, I, I need help. That we be, we believe that Jesus came and he, he lived a life of perfection so that he could ultimately be our substitute and take our sin, our guilt, and our shame, and he bore it on the cross, and he came, and he did what you and I could not do. He made us right before God, and 
if we will confess our sins, if we will confess our need for God. It's much like a gift card. It's only good if you redeem it. And today you have an opportunity to redeem the free gift of salvation. If you would say, Pastor Josh, I, man, I, I, I wanna be born again. I wanna know God, I want him to make me new. If that's you, you've never prayed that prayer. I wanna pray for you today. On the count of three, I just want you to shoot your hands up. Come on, hold that thing up high and boldly. One, two, three, if that's you, all across this room. One, two, three, four. Praise God. Praise God. Awesome. Now you can put your hand down right there where you are. And I want us just to pray this together as we close this service out. Why don't you say, dear Lord, thank you for giving your son as a substitute for my sin, my shame, and my guilt. You died for me, and you rose again to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Today, I turn from my sins. I turn to you. I'll follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name.